0: Hey, y'all,
1: welcome to the Heal Your Life With Us podcast. I'm Kaylin. And I'm Chrissy. Are you ready to get healing? Let's do this. Let's do this in 2023. Oh boy, here we go. If you've been following along, we are officially into habits, into learning about yourself. We tackled the Enneagram. We talked about learning about your just new start. I mean, no goals, no high expectations, just trying new things. So today we're talking about weight. I know it's top of mind for a lot of people, but here's the newsflash. You are not your weight. It is not your life. Numbers and scales do not run this whole body image game. So we're going to break down the body image barrier. So you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. So let's talk a little bit about your body image, Chrissy, like what's your journey? What's your story? You've, you've had obviously transformations happen. So tell us a little bit about your body image.
0: Yeah. So I I think, so I've never struggled with my weight, shall I say. Okay. Um, I have a pretty fast metabolism and things just kinda go my way. However, age does catch up with you, and so then you have to start (laughs) watching what you eat. (laughs) But I did not realize when I was going through all the, the hormonal things that was happening to my body, my inflammation was just making me puffier and puffier and puffier. Now, it wasn't a factor of eating more food or less exercise, it was eating the wrong foods and it affecting my hormones, it just made me, so it made me gain weight, but it made me gain weight in a puffy sense. So a lot of just inflammation in literally all areas of my whole body. And when we went through that hormonal you know, reset, my inflammation started to go down and I started seeing weight loss, a total of 10 pounds actually. And you're thinking, whoa, like that's a lot of weight for me for the size that I am, but I did not realize or even anticipate losing 10 pounds of inflammation because really what it was, was just like made my face round. It made my stomach round. It made my arms round. Like everything was just round. And once I started eating non-inflammation foods, I started losing the inflammation, which then took off weight for me. So a total of 10 pounds pretty much right away within the first four months. Happened. So when you were bigger
1: and you sort of were carrying around the extra weight, did you feel it? Were you in pain? Did you look in the mirror and say, "Oh, I look amazing," or were you kind of like, "Something needs to change"?
0: Yeah. No, I definitely felt it. I felt it in my um, yoga pants. Uh, Your yoga pants are stretchy. Okay, they did not feel comfortable anymore. Okay, (laughs) and also I I noticed it in pictures. For me. Because if I if I'll look back on pictures and I'll or I'll look at the inflammation pictures and I'll say, Wow, like it's all in my cheeks and my jawline and it's all in my chin, like all of this like puffiness. And I would notice it right away, like when I was gaining that extra ten pounds, I would say, you know, Well, I'm looking a little puffy. Could've just been the angle. But Yeah, no, it's <laughs> not it's never the angle. It's never <laughs> the angle, is it? It's not.
1: It's not. And can we but- just say that for women it might be in your bra too? I mean uh yeah. Come on. Yeah. For women, <laughs> it's, it's definitely in the bra. Yes. It's it's yes. stinky. So yes. uh so your journey is kind of up and down, but throughout when you were young, you never had this sort of complex about your I have to be skinny. I'm looking at these magazines, I'm comparing myself to other people, I don't feel comfortable in my,
0: my skin. It did not affect your confidence. Is that Right It does no, it doesn't. mine, and I never took my number that was on the scale very seriously at all. And I even didn't take it seriously when I became pregnant, and that's a very vital time for you not to worry about your weight. Yes, it is because you cannot eat and everything in sight, so you you know, develop diabetes, but you are you are supplying nutrients for another human soul. so you have to make sure you do the best job that you can and not worry about your body image during those months. Cause let me tell you, it goes away. It goes away. <laughs> and I okay. did get pretty big with Emma, but I lost a lot of weight in the beginning because she made me so sick. So mm. it, it evened out for me, but um, it comes wow. off. So don't be scared yeah. of that when you're trying to bring another human life into the world. Yeah. I think everybody knows,
1: you know, you begin a baby, you have a little bit of extra weight. Um, the heart part is after and I've heard so you know it's interesting so we have again the opposite of stories um I am Italian we love food and wine and all of the things so uh I was bigger my whole life I am the smallest I am now and I have been I would say we'll use the word voluptuous I was thick I wasn't obese or anything, but I was, um bigger pretty much since childhood, to be honest. Um, I would say even maybe 10, I was bigger than most. And when I say bigger, I mean, just like puffy, like you mentioned. Um, but again, that also goes back to me eating salami and icing out of the jar. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> what do I want out of that? Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know quite yet. So my image of myself was always like, well, maybe I can just like fix it later. Or is it really that important? Uh, Is it more important for me to have fun and eat the foods that I want? Seven, Enneagram seven. So I just kind of went about my life until I hit alcohol stage 21 and up. Right. And then the alcohol made me even bigger. I got to a point where I was maybe 60 pounds overweight. I, w- I remember clearly it was on my honeymoon, 2015-ish time. And I was like, nothing makes me feel good. And growing up, it was like, I looked at the skinny girls and I was like, I want that. I'm never going to be the model type. I'm never going to be the blonde with the skinny arms and legs. And I literally had all of the things that probably everyone feels like I looked at the models. I looked at the TV actors. I looked at all the people and I was like, I want those beautiful, like small arms and everything. And I didn't have it. And I just had given up on it. I was like, this is not me. It's not me. I'm come from, you know, a family with large genes, and this is just how it's going to be. And then, uh, I started working for a nutrition company, an organic vitamin supplement company, and they were providing a liver cleanse. And it was like the spirit guides had come down and was like, you need to cleanse your liver. You need to lose this weight. It's going to affect you big time. And I ended up doing, um, a liver cleanse, which is just some shakes. I drank some vitamins for a couple of days, did a fast. And I stopped drinking wine and I stopped uh, eating like really, really heavy carbs. And I just focused on, you know, better foods. And I lost about 45 pounds in two months, which was like a pound a day. I know it seems like a lot, but it was like a pound a day, uh, maybe a little bit less, a little bit more. And I have never felt better. I finally had achieved that sort of level in my brain where I was like, wait, maybe I can do this, but I lost too much too fast. And I experienced back spasms, muscle spasms. I dropped so low that I couldn't stop the ketosis. And so I had to find a balance. And eventually I sort of weaned off of the supplements and I got back on a regimen and I gained back into my normal range. So there is a point when you can lose too much um, or you can go too fast. Or, you know, a lot of people say, and our nutritionist, Mike says, you know, a lot of these liver cleanses are not what they say they are. So it was a little scary for me when I learned later in life that I might've damaged some things in my body. And then I slowly started to have some drinks again. I changed what I drank or I ate a little bit more and I gained just a little bit more, but I was at a healthier pace. And I think for me, I started to believe that it wasn't defining me. Like I was like, okay, now that I know I can do this, just like anything in my life that I gamify, I'm like, all right, it's over the challenge accepted. I did it. And let's just move on. And it didn't become a priority, a priority until my thyroid was messed up from it. And who knows my thyroid could have been messed up from my choices, my diet choices, or my, you know, liver cleanse, whatever it was, but it really was a driving force in my life for a very, very long time. And I never really admitted it to anyone except maybe my husband who loves me as I am what no matter what size, but for the people listening, if you're struggling with it mentally, it's, it has to stop. You have to stop focusing on the fact that the weight is the issue. You have a, you have a dynamic makeup yourself, right? Like you're supposed to be this size. That is the, what the good Lord gave you. Mm -hmm. So you have to really work with what you have. Everybody's got different genes. Everybody's got different sizes, different heights, different everything. And so I think if we focus on what we want from like somebody else's standard, it's really, really difficult to achieve. Uh, We talked a little bit about habits in a couple of podcasts ago. And I think that that truly is the key to change. If you kind of take your focus off of your weight and like weighing yourself every day and how you're fitting in your clothes, and you focus more on the little tiny things that you can change, it may help your mindset get out of that. This is what I can't have. This is who I'm not. You know, this is like, I'm struggling so bad I'm never going to be this cuz I've been there for I would say 25 plus years that's where I lived. So just know that it can happen. It is not an overnight process. I do not expect you to lose that much weight in 2 months. I think you need to figure out what where you're going wrong. You know, you all know your voice,
0: vices. Chrissy for you it was sugar, right? Yeah sugar, sugary drinks, um, sugar in my drinks, uh, <laughs> drinking. <sugar. laughs> so well, yeah, It was, but it was, um, I think one of the biggest things for me is when I felt my heaviest is I, is I felt it. Like I literally felt it in my clothing because I yeah. wasn't going out and buying bigger clothing. I was just continuing to wear what I was wearing. And I'm like, okay, this fit me two years ago. Like there's no reason why this this, these pants don't fit me now. So also the feelings that you get after you eat something. So, you know, when you go and you eat that third cupcake, how do you, how do you actually feel when you're done? Do you want to button, like unbutton the pants a little bit? There's, there's a reason why we feel that way. So trying not to get yourself in that feeling. I am very comfortable in my skin. Like I, I can, I feel everything in my body. So when something doesn't feel right, when I eat it, it's not going to like, I, I don't continue to eat yeah. that anymore.
1: I remember when Mike and I first got together and we started talking about inflammation and I thought, well, I know I'm inflamed because I do drink alcohol. So I knew that I had to sort of give that up in order to like deflame the body, but I didn't realize how much of my foods were inflammatory until we really got down to it. It was like, wait, wait a second. You're telling me that you know, this is going to inflame me. And I'm thinking that it's healthy. Like for instance, for the thyroid, I didn't realize that arugula was kind of aggravating the thyroid. I was eating arugula every day, almonds, whatever it was that my food sensitivity issues were like all of those things that like you think might be healthy are maybe not so much for you in high amounts or mixed with whatever. So when we talked about inflammation, it was like, that's a better word for me than weight loss. Like if you talk about inflammation, it's easier for your brain to process. Okay, I have to get, I have to reduce the inflammation in my body, which allows my body to function better, which gets me out of pain, which then allows me to lose the weight that I don't need. You know, your body, what I learned is like, always trying to protect you. It's like, they know winter's coming. They know that you're going to have all these outside forces and the EMF and all of the things. And it's like, Hey, why don't you just add some fat to that? And you can just protect your body from all these things. And your body's like, no, I want to look good and feel good in my skin, but the body only knows about protection. And when I realized that all of the things that I was doing had to be balanced. Like you can't go full throttle on anything. It's moderation for everything. And all I do is full throttle. I was like full throttle on everything. Once I like something, I'm in it to win it all day. So if we can dial back just tiny, tiny little things about inflammation, we can kind of change our mindset around the weight loss and maybe even just get that out of our vocabulary. I think it's important to just not even say it.
0: Yeah, I feel like inflammation is the word of the year. Like, let's get rid of our inflammation. Let's lose some inflammation. Yeah, Instead there you of, go. Let's lose some weight. Let's lose some inflammation. And for me, I think the biggest food group that I was not surprised, but that I found was in everything. And it actually makes everyone inflamed is the bad oils. Mm. It is so inflammatory for our bodies. It, and I feel like if you just start small, like just don't yeah. eat inflammatory oils, like just do that. That's like a good starting point because literally that's hard. It's, it's because so hard. you have to read everything. There's inflammatory oils in everything.
1: Everything. I went through a fun oil journey. It was like, oh, so wait, what are we supposed to cook with? Did you know that you're supposed to cook with coconut oil and then drizzle extra virgin olive oil on your food? Hi, I. my name is Kaylin and I did not know that please tell me that you knew that.
0: Did you know? I didn't, I do cook with olive oil on occasion. However, it's not my favorite oil to cook with because it has like a high smoke factor. So like, because
1: you're not supposed to cook in high heat with olive oil. That's what I learned.
0: Yes. So yes. Drizzling your food with olive oil to give you that extra fat, that awesome, delicious, good anti-inflammatory fat. fat. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I cook with coconut and avocado oil can do a high heat. And, um, butter, if it's mixed with something else. So butter is a tricky one too, because butter is dairy
1: yes. and dairy doesn't get along with everybody. So small amounts, but you do need, I've been learning, you need a little bit of butter in certain areas, which, you know, if it's like topped with something or baked into something, I think that, that yes. that's better. Again, I don't do baked goods, but the, the whole concept of what to cook with and what not to cook with and how much, like, I don't know if you were like me, but I just literally like scooped a plop and I was like. that's it. And you know, I learned that measuring your oil is a big deal. Of course, I don't follow any directions correctly with cooking. I am like dab of this plop of that. Let's go. And I'm just not a measuring girl. Um, so learning to measure like literally leveling off that spoon and making sure that your oils are measured out was a big factor. You may not always want to do it, but it matters.
0: Yeah, I bet you if everyone just tried to eliminate um, inflammatory oils from their lives and just started doing anti-inflammatory oils, you would know you would notice a difference pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, and you don't have to go like full force into everything anti-inflammatory, but just I mean, start simple, small atomic habits. Yep.
1: let's and- do that for January. Let's just change out your oil. Also yeah. watch those oils in the things that you buy. This is what got me is because I'm addicted to potato chips and so my potato chips had sunflower oil in them and I didn't realize that sunflower oil was bad. Sunflower oil seems like magic. It's sunflowers, they follow the sun. How could it possibly be bad? Nope, it's bad. So I had to go buy chips that have avocado oil in them, you know, or, or anything, no vegetable oil, no canola oil. What are the other bad oils? Is that all of them? Because sometimes they sneak in.
0: They sneak in for sure. So I'm trying to think of them off the top of my head. So we got safflower oil. Ooh, that one's bad, right? That one's bad. Palm oil. Um, So you said sunflower seed oil, canola, Canola, vegetable. vegetable Anything hydrogenated. And guess where
1: they use vegetable and canola oil? Every restaurant.
0: Yeah. Everywhere. Peanut <laughs> oil. That's another Ooh, one.
1: Peanut oil. Yes. That's the Literally other
0: Literally everything has everything. These oils in it. And you have yeah. to find like the three potato chip bags that actually don't. And which are? Which are Boulder Canyon makes them. Oh. They make it with avocado oil and Siete, siete. chips.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Um, but we're not, once you start to change your diet choices, you really don't go to the pantry that much. And for me, like my pantry items are very rarely are they potato chips. I'm not a potato chip person, but you know, I, I make my own trail mix. There's no oils in that. Um, let's see what else, you know, you can eat fruits, apple sauce. I eat a lot of that, um, rice cakes. There's no, um, oils and that so like I have like four or five snacks that I actually eat when I snack because I'm not a snacker because we eat such big meals that we don't need a lot of snacks so it's easy for me to say that I can look at my my pantry and say there's not a lot of bad oils in there because I don't need 500 snacks in my pantry so
1: yeah and you your stomach after a while when you switch to the good oils and you have the bad oils it will let you know. Let me it tell does. you. I was I became that person when I would go to restaurants and I'd be like, "Excuse me, um, can you tell me what oils you use?" and she would look at me and be like, "I have no idea, dude. I'm a waitress. Like, what are you t- I'm not going to go and ask the chef, you know? Cuz clearly it's bad oil." Yeah. Um, so your body will kind of tell you and brands do matter with oil as well. I mean, try to get organic as much as you can. We're going to say this throughout our entire life. Like, it is Good to go organic, non-GMO. Look at your sources. Um, Dr. Berg, wonderful DC that does YouTube videos on health. He talks about if you take a spoonful of extra virgin olive oil and it kind of like make hits the back of your throat and it makes you cough a little bit, that's how you know it's real, authentic. It's not diluted with a bunch of jargon. So kind of test out your your olive oils. Uh, I found a really good one. I think it's, what is it? Three juices, olive or something like that. Yeah. So really, really expensive, unfortunately, but worth it. And I measure it now because I'm like, this is way too much money for me to be just plopping it on, but you're right about the snacks. Um, Just to talk about that really quickly, when you have bigger meals, which is a big thing with weight loss is people think,
0: oh, I'm just going to eat less. Did you think that? I did think that yes, when you it's eat less, you lose weight. Actually, it's the opposite. The more it's we the eat, opposite. the more the more. It's uh, so crazy. <laughs> when I was starting the program, I was like, "Mike,
1: you want me to eat how much food? Are you kidding me?" Every time my mom sees my pictures of my lunch, she's like, "That's so much food." Uh, but it's funny because the like the centralized meals, so breakfast, lunch, dinner. If you can have high protein you know, vegetables, you know, a mix of fruits, whatever it is, a little drizzle of oil, maybe a little bit of fats, you know, your avocados or whatever. It's filling to a point of I'm good for a couple of hours, whatever it is, three, four hours. And then when you are ready to eat your lunch, it's the kind of feeling that's like, okay, I have the energy. I have the sustainability instead of the kind of feeling that's like, oh, I'm so full. Like this feels
0: uncomfortable, that
1: heaviness. So it's a good fill. It is a good
0: fill. I actually like the way I feel when I'm done because I know I'm like charged up. I do not feel overstuffed. My pants are not bulging at the seams. Um, I feel like I can, you know, I have a lot of energy for the next few hours. And one thing that popped into my head for people to look at is two ways that they also hide oils. I have seen it in oat milk and Mm. I have seen it in coffee creamer. So if oh. you are a coffee connoisseur and you love drinking coffee all through the day and you're pouring coffee creamer into it, try to get one that doesn't have the bad oils in it, because that means you're just constantly liquefying yourself with those oils and adding inflammation to your body. That just popped into my head to say. Good call.
1: Yeah. Good call. Yeah. And another thing that people don't realize is there's this whole thing about fasting, which is a fantastic tool. Okay. Do all the fasting. You just have to realize that fasting comes a lot of times when you're sleeping as well. I know people don't think about this. Like say you have, you have a lot of weight to lose. Fasting may be a great option for you where you do maybe a two day fast. That's fantastic. Like do whatever you need to do to get into ketosis. Great. But if you are on a regimen and you're steadily sort of losing or you're steadily sort of balancing and gaining, fasting can become a part of your day. For instance, I fast from 7 p.m. to 8, at least 8 or 9 a.m., which is what, 13, 14 hours. So I- Uh, And Chrissy's the same. And so we just stopped our nighttime snacking. I don't know about you, but I used to be a huge nighttime snacker. Huge,
0: I'm like shoving things in my mouth. Whoa, dude. I was
1: like popcorn. Let's go. Let me get that some chips. What does it matter? And it was like, I'm not even hungry at night. Now my dinners are full and nutrient dense. And it's like, I can't even think about eating that late now. Like I'm like, no, I can't do it. And even I'm watching how much I drink at night too, more so because I don't want to pee in the middle of the night, but I'm just watching what I drink as well, because I'm full, I'm good. And I sleep better.
0: I do too. I, I sleep a lot better too, by doing that. There was a time where I was using rice cakes and Nutella, a fat and a carb. Oh yeah. Yeah to go to sleep and stay asleep but I've actually found that switching my magnesium from the morning to the evening the magnesium works to keep me asleep so I no longer need that rice cake anymore but yeah we fast at night but nobody thinks about it that way but like I'll stop eating around six or seven depends what time we have dinner and then like Kaylin said we won't eat until eight or nine the next day that's a lot that's fasting that's a long time
1: and sometimes we don't eat till after 9 a.m.
0: Like okay. if we're doing
1: stuff in the morning, you know, we're walking and stuff together. It's it's a little bit later, yep. you know, and dinners. I mean, I try to do a little early. We start cooking around 5, 530. We eat around 630. I think timing of your meals really matters. A lot of people think like it doesn't matter when you eat or work out or whenever it is. I kind of think it does. You know, I feel like your body likes a schedule. Your body likes that. So if it's expecting that food at that time, give it to it. You know, yeah. I try to eat my lunch every day around 12, 1230. You know, I give it what it wants so that I know I have until four, five, five o'clock, you know, to, to make that last. So give your body what it needs on a balance. And I think it'll be very, very happy. It's tough to get into, you know, if you have a schedule, if you have kids, if you have all the things you're trying to satisfy all their dietary needs, but your kids are watching what you do too. So it's, it's one of those things where you're raising this whole body image in your entire family. So, so part of it.
0: It is. Yeah. Um, Body image is huge with children, especially with the age that I have right now. Now 14, we're going into the teenage years where everything is about body image, pimples on their face, their clear skin, their clothing, their shoes, their hair. And the last thing they need is um a problem with their body image. They've got yeah. all the other things they want to worry about. So yeah. um for me, the way that I raise Emma is everything is open to eat. There is no limits on... Sugar or carbs or dairy or protein. She learns that for herself. So if she does have too much sweets, she gets a broken out face. She gets pimples all over the place. And I told her, start, she would complain about it. She would say, Mom, I got another pimple. Here's another pimple. I said, Well, what have you been eating? It's usually linked to what you've been eating. Oh, yeah, I did. I did have a lot of sugar. (laughs) You know, I had a birthday party and then someone gave me a Kit Kat bar and I ate that. So then she started noticing the more she laid off the sugar, her face is just glowing and yeah. she's glowing and she's just like so excited about how clear her face is. Now she says, No, thank you. I don't need a cupcake. And yeah. she does eat them on occasion. She's uh-huh. like, Yeah, I really want that. But she's like, I don't want the cupcake and then the Swedish fish and then the Kit Kat bar. And then some, you know, Cabbage Patch Kids or whatever, you know, like whatever those things are. Sour Patch Kids, yeah, Cabbage Patch Kids are what we grew up. Yeah, like. don't eat those. Don't, don't eat, eat Cabbage those. Patch. Kids. Don't eat. <laughs> <laughs> Just eat Sour Patch Kids. So yeah, now realizes there's a limit to that because it affects her body, it affects her yeah. image, it affects the way that she looks. So I let her make those decisions because yeah. uh, food decisions they uh, they they run your body, and she understands that sugar gifts and pimples, but she's also open to eating it. And she does love it. Well, that's the thing is like,
1: you're really not going to stop if you don't have signs that tell you to stop. So if you're eating like five cupcakes and it doesn't give you a stone cake, you're like, I don't understand. I'm fine. But you know, for me, it's like, I have one change and it's like, Whoa, I need to, you know, fix all this. So I say, listen to your body because Inflammation does equal pain. You may get used to it. You may normalize it, but honestly, it's not normal. It's not normal to feel those little aches and pains that you feel your body wants to be healthy. It wants to balance out. It's just seeking the right kind of tools to do. So, uh, we read a book by, uh, Sean, what's his name? Stevenson.
0: Yeah, I think so. It's called
1: Eat Smarter and great book, a lot of great resources in there, a lot of great recipes that you can follow. You know, I happen to have a lot of food allergies, so I kind of do my own diet. But honestly, the biggest thing that I found is when you are eating like nutrient dense foods and, you know, some of the right foods, your body is is getting the supplements that you need in order for your mind and your brain to be better. And that was fascinating to me. It was like, oh, wait a second. So if I'm healthier, I can actually make better decisions about my work. I can treat my husband better. I can treat my body, myself, my mind better. And is this like a trickle down effect? Like I didn't realize that the booze that I was drinking was making me irritated and grumpy the next day. I didn't realize that you know the the sugar that i was eating was making me drop and make me be moody so it, after i sort of put those connections together i was like oh this is going to literally make my life completely better and that motivation keeps me from the temptations that you want to have and there are days when the cravings take over they're just gonna happen like the cravings are gonna come and after you get to a point it's okay to have small cravings remember our ginger ale celebration yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's our yeah. little baby celebration
0: like, like our little baby celebration and you know I made homemade marshmallows the other day and I'd be lying if I said I didn't eat one because I did you know <laughs> eat one, one or six <laughs> I'm not no no comment oh we're not doing numbers I forgot we're not doing numbers yeah, no comment <laughs> <laughs> no. But you know, it they didn't make me feel bad though, because right. hey, I made them homemade. So they, I knew what was, what ingredients were in them. And, and also it just like food makes you feel a certain way. So if you eat something <laughs> and it makes you feel bad, like recognize that your body talks to you. And I raise Emma to listen to her body, to be in tune with her body. Just listen to what it's telling you after you eat it, go ahead, eat it. See what happens. Nothing happens. Your body liked it, you know? <laughs> That is a great tip is when you want to cheat, make it yourself
1: because you can control the ingredients. You can control the oils. You can control the sugar content and the organicness of it. So just use your cheat days as your own DIY cooking days, make it a fun thing, put the music on, dance in the kitchen, cheat, but make it yours. Um, Because I think that it's better than going to a restaurant and eating cake and French fries and eating all that bad. And then just feeling horrible because you can do it yourself.
0: Yeah, and you're not only gonna feel horrible when you eat it or after you eat it, you're gonna feel horrible the next day also. It lingers until it does. So it does.
1: So your weight is not your life. Mm -hmm. Your habits are, your mindset, your just your ability to kind of change is what you should focus on, is not easy. I'm not saying that this is easy. It has been a lifelong battle for me. But I got to say, there is nothing, nothing like looking in the mirror and saying, I love you. I love my body. Like I'm okay now. So when you get to that point, you know, that you truly have, you know, succeeded in your goals. So just. Keep going. Um, We're here right along with you, doing the same things, learning as we go. And Chrissy's the master chef. She's literally making cooking videos. She loves it. Visit her on Instagram and find all of these amazing wellness things. Like, I love it. I wish I could be that person. So, if you're a cook and you love doing that, find her and cook it up.
0: Yes. And just remember that you are not a number.
1: No, you're not not a
0: number. We're not going to do numbers this year. We're going to do anti-inflammation.
1: Yes. Anti-inflammation. And we are soon going to be talking about supplements and the power of supplements. So stay tuned for that. Those are huge. That's a big part of it. So you're okay. Your body is beautiful. We love you. And uh, we will see you next time. You can find me on Instagram at CBC inked.
0: And you can find me on Instagram, C-H-R-1-S-S-Y underscore Rice, R-I-C-E.
1: Awesome. We're going to go take our earrings out now. Bye.
0: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Bye.